Life is full of challenges. With an unpredictable economy and just as surprising life changes, you need to be prepared to weather any storm. Elder law and estate planning attorney Kevin Tharp and financial advisor Gary Anderson are available to help you with life's difficult decisions. This is Truth in Planning. Taxes and your retirement. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. Kevin, this is something that we've talked a good bit about to some degree or another the past few weeks on our show, and it is an issue, and it keeps getting brought up more and more now about how much taxes am I going to have to pay in my retirement? And unfortunately, over the years, we kind of got used to believing that we wouldn't have to have a whole lot of taxes to pay with our income during retirement. But what we're finding now mainly because of 401ks and tax-qualified accounts, IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, is that people, when they start using this money, these funds, during their retirement, which that's what you saved it for, was it would be to use it and create income, more income during a retirement, people are realizing now they're getting a bigger tax bill than they thought they would. And it's like I've said in the past, sometimes you're finding out that you're paying more taxes now in retirement than you did before you retired. So what we want to do is make sure that we're doing tax planning when it comes to your retirement, not tax reporting, not tax preparation, but tax planning. Tax preparation is what your accountant does. Your CPA does. They do your tax preparation. They file the, the reports. You sign the reports. It gets electronically uh, sent off. And they do the reporting for taxes, but tax planning is something totally different. And what we have found over the years is whenever we file an income tax return, you know, I don't care how old or young you are, when you file an income tax return, what you're trying to do typically what the tax preparer is trying to do is make sure that your this year stands alone, kind of like immediate gratification. You're trying to take care. You're trying to take advantage of as many tax breaks as you possibly can in this reporting year to pay as few taxes as you can this year or any other specific year that you're reporting. Where tax planning is more of a long term solution to your overall taxes, because what you're trying to do with tax planning is create the most efficient ways possible for you to get your retirement income, most tax efficient ways possible, to minimize the amount in any one particular year that you're having to pay out in taxes from this valuable retirement income you have, because you're more limited now in retirement. You you are really at the mercy of income taxes anyway. And you're going to pay these taxes. It's going to happen sooner or later. You and or your heirs are going to pay these taxes. But what we need to make sure of is that you're paying as little taxes as possible at any one time. Because this is money that you can enjoy. If you're not having to, if you're not, if you don't have all these extremely taxable sources of income and retirement that you're using all at one time, then that gives you more money to be able to do the things you want to do. So let's do let's prepare or plan for taxes in a way that you're spreading taxes out over time versus getting these huge hits when you're when you're receiving money every year from your retirement accounts getting a huge hit there 
and um, finding out that, oh, I got to write a check for my taxes this year. I thought I had actually withheld enough. I'd actually prepaid enough, but now I'm finding out I even have to pay more because I didn't anticipate how much these taxes were going to cost me. And that's going to get worse as time goes on because 2026 is rolling around and most likely our income tax brackets are going to go back to the pre-2017 level, which is a pretty significant difference for most people. And people in retirement and approaching retirement are going to be the people who get hit worse. And so what we want to do is start this retirement planning even before you retire to make sure that you're doing things in the most efficient way you can and being able to enjoy your money more by knowing you're not having to pay too big of a percentage at any one time in taxes. We're talking about taxes and retirement today on Truth and Planning, and I'm with my co-host Gary Anderson, financial advisor of Anderson Advisors. And Gary, I know that there is this idea uh, that you hear almost from when you start working and you start adding things to your retirement accounts, your 401k at work or establishing an IRA, and you're told that, well, your taxes are going to be less in retirement than they are while you're working. And so a lot of people say, well, then I'm going to sock away as much money in these IRA and retirement accounts, so I'll pay less in taxes when I retire. And surprise, surprise, they have to start taking things out at the initial part of their retirement. And they're like, wait a minute, I'm paying more taxes in retirement than I did while I was working. How, 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 come, how come that's happening? And I think that might be that they didn't really have a plan to prepare for it. Well, they most likely didn't because they were doing tra- tax preparation every year. And tax preparation is, there's nothing wrong with doing that. CPAs, accountants do a very good job of tax preparation. But what they're doing a lot of times is overlooking the fact that it's more than just the immediate We're planning for way out in the future as far as your retirement goes, your retirement income. It can go on for a very long time. And what you don't want to do is be stuck with something that you're going to have to pay too much in taxes on at any one time because that just tends to go on forever then. You're just caught up in this loop where your taxes are too high because of some of the preparation that you did before, maybe a little tweaking of that along with the tax planning you can do, can help you make sure that you're not paying as much in taxes. We always want to do tax planning, and that goes along with tax tax preparation, but they are not the same thing. I don't prepare taxes. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a person who is going to do a tax return for you. I don't even do my own tax returns. I have someone who does that. So what I can do, though, is do tax planning. And tax planning has to do with your income, as, it, as naturally because it's income taxes, but it has to do with your income and making sure that the sources of your income during your retirement aren't all taxable sources of income. Spreading that out a little bit, diversifying your, your overall income to minimize taxes. And that's what we do with tax planning. That's, what we, that's one of our main purposes when we're planning for your retirement in general with your overall plan. And so a comprehensive plan, just like a comprehensive investment plan and financial plan, a part of all this, too, is a comprehensive tax plan. And it all goes together. 
It's not sitting there in little compartments. All of these things work hand in hand with each other. And most of the time, it's just a matter of understanding this and planning accordingly. And unfortunately, in the past, even a lot of advisors have not really been in that mode. They go by, you know, the same rules they did before. Okay, you've got your IRA. Start taking money from that. Leave this money alone. Maybe it's not an IRA. Maybe it's something that's not going to be taxed. And they they tend to kind of go along with the tax preparers with these things. And I am saying that we need to rethink this to help you, a retiree, not get stuck with this huge tax bill that you didn't have to have had you done proper planning. And that's what naturally tax planning does. That's what we want to do. And uh, I can't really, Kevin, think of anything more damaging in retirement than finding out that you're stuck with this tax bill that you're going to be paying every year just because you didn't really plan the way you could have to minimize those taxes. And I know how scary it can be when you go to the mailbox and you get this notice from the IRS that you owed this much in taxes and you weren't prepared or planning for it. I know that it can be very nerve wracking. And then you're in retirement thinking, well, I can't increase on my income. I'm going to have to go out and get a job delivering pizzas just to cover this tax bill. Mm -hmm. How can our listeners make sure they take that first step and start their tax planning for their retirement? Kevin, if somebody, if you're concerned about this, a conversation will probably really help you. You can call us at Anderson Advisors, 888-371-2847. Coming up, we're going to talk about the one thing no one's talking about. No one's talking about. I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. Gary, I remember growing growing up, my mom used to always tell me that there are certain subjects that you stay away from. There are certain subjects you stay away from in mixed company. You know, she said, stay away from talking about religion in mixed company or in any company because you're going to, regardless, you're going to offend somebody. Now, she was always one the big on sharing your faith, but it was more in a one-on-one situation in the right situation. So don't talk about uh, religion. Try to stay away from talking about politics, although I, I think it was a dead giveaway when I people met my dog, Reagan. They kind of figure out where I land on that in that regard. Um, and, you know, there's some other topics you just stay away from. But I found in estate planning, there is one topic that no one's talking about. It's kind of like that 800-pound gorilla in the room. Okay? You know it's there. You got to know it's there. If you've been doing estate planning for any period of time, even if you're fresh out of law school, even if you're a law student, you know about this one thing, this most important thing, yet nobody's discussing it. So when you go to see a lawyer, about, well, I'm, we're going on a trip. We want to make sure that we have things in order. Or I know that the doctor's just given us a bad diagnosis of cancer and we're going to have to have surgery. So I want to make sure everything's in order. You pick up the phone and you call a buddy and say, hey, do you know a lawyer that will do this? And you get referred to that lawyer. And many times I get calls like that. 
uh, on a regular basis. And they're, hey, I want to get things in order. So you sit down with them and you talk about what your wishes are. You talk about, I want to make sure that if something happens to me on the operating table, that everything goes to my spouse. And if, you know, I don't have a spouse, I want to make sure everything goes to the kids and the grandkids. And I know my grandkids are young. So, okay, we'll take care of all, all that and put it in a document. And then you think, okay, I've got it all taken care of. I've got my document. You hear uh, webinars, radio ads, TV ads. You hear financial advisors and others talking about getting a document called a will. But, Gary, I see, I hear, listen to a lot of these radio shows, go to a lot of these webinars, hear people talking about uh, their experiences. People talk to me about what their wishes are. And, Gary, without an exception, no one's talking about how your assets are titled. You've probably heard me talk about it on ads on the radio. You've heard me talk about it on this show before. It's the one thing that nobody's talking about except a handful of people. And quite frankly, Gary, I'm one of those handful of people. I think that's one thing that separates me from most lawyers, even estate planning lawyers, is I talk about title first And then I talk about document, and then I talk about getting those two things together. So the one thing that nobody's talking about is title. And I can't determine and tell you exactly why nobody's talking about it, because I got the same training than any other lawyer in town has. I may have less experience than some lawyers and more experience than other lawyers, but we all got the same basic training And so a big part of why nobody's talking about title goes back to our basic training when we were in law school. I'll never forget the first year in my wills and trust and estates course. Well, actually, just wills and estates because they really didn't talk a lot about trust. Well, there you go. In there. (laughs) And that's your first reason. There you go. They didn't really talk about this. But uh, I'll never forget the professor posed this question to us the first day in class. Okay, class. Person comes to you, a client comes to you and says, I want to know what's going to happen to my assets when I die. What's your answer? And everybody in the room, their hands shot up, including mine. And he happened to choose me. And I answered the question this way. Uh, Give him a will. He said, y'all are going to do well. You're going to make good (laughs) estate planning lawyers because you're going to give them a document. And so in our mind, we're trained that the document solves everything. But once I started practicing law and gained more experience as I practiced law, I found out that document means nothing without title. You're listening to Truth in Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors, and my co-host, Kevin Tharp, estate planning and elder law attorney, is today talking about the one thing nobody wants to talk about or think about is title. And Kevin, I do know from having working alongside you for so many years that uh, I know title is important and I know it because title is very important to you because you understand the impact of having things titled correctly. That's right. And it's like, you've heard me use this analogy many times before. It's like how disappointed are you going to be when you go to a car dealership and you put money, you pay money for a car and you get in to use that car to drive off the lot and there's no engine in it, and you're going to scratch your head and go, well, this car's no good. 
it doesn't do what I want it to do. It's not even going to drive me off the lot. And the car salesman says, oh, you wanted to talk about an engine? Well, you didn't ask about an engine. That's a whole separate process. When really the two should be together. One doesn't work without the other. And that's the same thing in estate planning. Estate planning boils down to answering this question. What's going to happen to my assets when I die? And you know the answer to that question when you get your wishes put in a legal document and then at the same time title your assets in coordination with that document. So the engine is in the car. The engine in the car together. And you have a complete estate plan, and now you know exactly what's going to happen to your assets when you die. So when I talk about title, what am I talking about? What does title actually mean? Well, title comes in one of two forms. It's either one or the other. Title, first, is how you own the asset. Things like your home, banking accounts, automobiles. Title is determined by, look at ownership. If you own a home, you have a deed. That deed will tell you, is it in one person's name? We call it sole ownership. Or is it two people's name, joint ownership? Or is it joint with right of survivorship? Like you get a lot with married couples. Is it in the name of a trust? You know how it's titled by looking at the deed. Well, I don't have a deed, Kevin. I have a mortgage on my house, but I don't have a deed. When you purchase the property, you have a deed, and then the mortgage company took a security deed, which is superior to your deed, but there is a deed out there on record that showed you how you purchased it. Take a look at that deed. We take a look at that deed for our clients all the time to determine how their home is titled. Why? Because that's going to dictate what happens next. I had a client that came in to see me a few days back, and... A very detail-oriented person. They had moved from another state and wanted to get their will updated. And I told them, first of all, you don't have to get it updated because you moved from another state. Your documents, estate planning documents, wills, trusts, powers of attorney done in another state don't automatically become invalid because you cross a state line. I said, now, if if they're... Things in your life that have changed since you last did your will and you want to update it, now's a good reason to update it. But just because you move from another state does not mean your documents are legally invalid. So don't let some attorney talk you into doing a new will or document just because you move from another state. But he had a lot of detailed changes and everything, and those changes were completely different than how he had things titled. And so I told him, you could spend money updating this document, but if you don't change title in coordination with that document, which you can't do with the will, that will is just a piece of paper. It means nothing. And I'm not going to take a fee to change a document when it does absolutely nothing. So let's first focus on how things are titled. And we started the conversation with that one thing, and that one thing changed the whole direction of his planning. Now he has peace of mind of knowing exactly what's going to happen to his assets when he dies. Kevin, if I want to come talk to you about making sure my titling is done the right way, how do I get in touch with you? Best way is through my website, kevintharp.com. Taxes and your Social Security. That's coming up next.
taxes and your Social Security. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. Kevin, for the this week and also the next program next week, I am going to be talking about tax planning for your retirement. Is this is such an important subject, and we really can't get through it all in one in one show anyway. But it's something that we need to take our time with and make sure that people understand what it is we're talking about. Tax preparation and tax planning are two different things. Tax preparation is more the immediate. This is something you do every year to find out how much taxes you owe. And hopefully you've already prepaid or withheld enough, then you don't have to pay any more. But a lot of times that's not the case. Those tax preparations go on during your entire lifetime. You're always most likely going to be filing taxes. That's somewhat of a good thing, Kevin, because that means you're making enough money to pay taxes on. But what we don't want to do is for you to front load or either either back load your retirement with too much taxable income all at one time. And it's unfortunately, that's the part of a lot of plans that some advisors put together is front or back loading taxes and causing these huge tax issues that you can really avoid by knowing how to spread this out. So tax preparation is the immediate. That happens every year. Tax planning is more long-term. But the tax, the tax planning that you do can actually help you reduce taxes over time. And so that is the long-term. And your tax preparation just follows that instead of planning following preparation. Preparation needs to follow the planning. That's what we do with a retirement plan. But we don't do it while somebody's retired unless, you know, if you come in and you are retired and you want to talk about this, we'll we'll do things to help you with it. But we want to start this earlier as well. You don't need to wait until you're retired. We can start planning the most tax-efficient retirement for you now. Let's say you've got five years till you retire. It's a really good time to have that conversation because things can be changed potentially to help you there. But even if you're in your retirement years, there's a good chance that you're doing things now that could be done a little bit differently to save you taxes when that April 15th rolls around every year. And so from a tax plan and tax preparation perspective, we're looking at a proactive thing versus a reactive. Preparation is reactive. Planning is proactive. Get out ahead of it. They're not mutually exclusive. They work hand in hand. But let's get the plan right. So the tax preparation won't be so painful to you over the years. When we look at Social Security, Social Security is an issue that everybody always has a different opinion as to when you should start start taking Social Security. Social Security is taxable to some extent for most people. But when you listen, you, you have choices as to when you can start taking Social Security, and you can take it as early as age 62. Unfortunately, if you start at age 62, you're going to get 70% of your full retirement value had you waited till 65 or 66 and now starting to be 67 for some people. If you're, do, if you're, get, if you're taking your Social Security at that age, you're seeing a, an increase of about 30% over what you would have if you had done, if you'd started at 62. But then some people know they can wait until age 70. We all can do that. Sometimes that's a choice, and this is an individual choice. And I'm not sitting here telling anybody 
that you need to do it this particular way because it boils down to what your needs are and the things you can do with your Social Security given the opportunity to plan for your Social Security during your retirement years. One thing that people discount a lot of times is waiting to take Social Security until you're age 70 because we talked about the numbers here, 70% less than your full retirement value, uh, Social Security value if you started at age 62, 100% of retirement if you wait till full retirement age, which is 65 or 66 or 67, or maximum retirement age is age 70, the nice thing about that is 8% is added to that full retirement value every year up until age 70 when you start taking it then. So you see some big increases over that time span because you're just waiting longer and the money accumulates at 8% and you have more income if you wait till age 70. But it depends on the person. And there's some things I'm going to go through to kind of give you an idea of questions you need to ask when it comes to picking a time to start taking your Social Security. We're talking about taxes, Social Security, and your retirement today on Truth and Planning. And I'm with my co-host, Gary Anderson, financial advisor. And Gary, taxes are one of those things that nobody really likes to talk about, but it's one of those things that you got to talk about Mm -hmm. because it's present all the time. And it's not going away. It's not going away. And especially because during your retirement, you are likely to be drawing off a lot of these retirement accounts that you've accumulated over the years. And one thing I know professionally and personally uh, experience has taught me is that IRAs equal IRS. That's right, Kevin. And when you look at Social Security, your Social Security is taxable. Don't let anybody or don't trick yourself or fool yourself into believing it's not taxable because it is. Now, some people live below the threshold, the, the income threshold, and they don't necessarily have to pay taxes on Social Security, but for the majority of people, you're paying some degree of it. I guess the good thing to know, and this is, you know, to me it is somewhat consoling, is all of your Social Security is never taxable, but up to 85% of it is based on the amount of income, taxable income you have. So the good thing is it's not all taxable. It's not completely taxable like your withdrawals from your IRAs and your 401ks. But what we want to do, too, is make sure that you're paying as little in Social Security tax as you can, and that has a whole lot to do with the planning we do with these 401ks and these IRAs, the income planning we do with that. And just to give a brief summary or a set of questions to find out really what your timing on Social Security should be, when you should withdraw Social Security, it really depends on you. Um, Do you have other sources of retirement income? Do you have other things that you can get money from during a retirement other than Social Security? That's something that needs to be looked at. Are there spousal benefits to consider? Do you have health issues that might impact your timing? And are you planning to continue working during retirement? All those affect when you're going to get it. I don't take Social Security yet because I'm waiting. I'm waiting as long as I possibly can wait or waiting until they make me start taking it because I am working. I don't plan on leaving work anytime soon. I don't plan on leaving work in the foreseeable future. Therefore, I don't need to be taking my Social Security now until they make me do it. 
And um, that helps me for taxes even during my working years. So, yeah, 15% up at least, well, 15% of your Social Security is tax exempt. Outside of that, you could be taxed very, very significantly on your Social Security if you're not treating your other sources of income the way you need to do it. And so, regardless of the amount of your benefits that might be subject to taxes, the rules that apply are very different from the tax treatment of your other sources of income. So that's Social Security. That works differently. How does it work differently? These other sources are your 401Ks, your traditional IRAs, things like that, which are fully taxable. So going back to what I was talking about before, sometimes tax planning is knowing that you can take these sources of income now or later versus taking Social Security now or later, and we have to come up with Number one, when you're going to take Social Security, if you're already taking taking your Social Security, there's still things that we can do around the other sources, but it's always nice to get a jump on this early on before you even decide when you're going to take Social Security, and that's, that is a, a discussion we need to have. That's a discussion you need to have with your advisor. Something that we want to be able to do for you as well is talk about how and when you should take Social Security and how that affects your overall taxes throughout your retirement. And Kevin, people can reach us at 888-371-2847. We'll be glad to have you come in and have a conversation about taxes and planning. In the next segment, we're going to talk more about titling. Titling. I'm Kevin Tharp, Elder Law and Estate Planning Attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, Financial Advisor, Anderson Advisors. Gary, in the previous segment, we talked about the one thing that nobody's talking about, and especially in the arena of estate planning. And estate planning is really one of those things that a lot of times people like think, well, I don't really need to do it. I don't have much. I hear that all the time. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I'd be independently wealthy. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, it's very, my stuff is very simple, or I don't need to do any estate planning. Well, my wife and I, we own everything joint, or my, uh, you know, my spouse and kids are the beneficiary on everything, so I don't need to do any estate planning. Estate planning, Gary, is simply this. What's going to happen to my assets when I die? That's the main question that we address when our clients call us about doing estate planning. Now, a lot of times people think they've done estate planning, that they have that task has been complete. Oftentimes you've talked on the show about taxes in retirement and and health care in retirement and all of those things. And a big part of retirement is planning for what's going to happen when your retirement ends, which is when you pass away. And so there are a lot of retirement advisors that talk about estate planning and they, you know, get your documents in order and give us copies of those documents so you can check off that you've done estate planning. There is this universal thing that you've done estate planning because you've got a document, you've got it in place. And hey, if you need to update it because your kids grow up or you have grandkids or something happens, well, you can update that document anytime you want to. And there's never a discussion 
about the engine that drives everything. There's all this discussion about the car, but there's never any discussion about the engine that goes in the car. And that discussion is about titling. And yet, Gary, titling is the one thing that determines everything in estate planning. I ended the last segment talking about a client that came to me, and he's a very detailed person, and he had his detailed wishes before our first meeting and had them all laid out exactly what he wanted to do, and it's very specific. I want this to go here, and I want this to go here, and I want my spouse taken care of, and I want my grandkids and kids, and he had it all laid out. Pretty much thought, I'm making the lawyer's job easy, so this document ought to be rather simple. So he thought, let's just put it all in a will, and I'll have it taken care of. And then I asked him this question. I asked him, so, sir, tell me what you have and how is it titled? Well, it's not worth much. I didn't ask you that. What assets do you have and how are they titled? I said, do you have a home? Yes. And you're married, right? Yes. I have it titled joint with my spouse, joint with right of survivorship. It's a second marriage, Gary. He wanted his house from his, uh, before he got married, he wanted that house that he owned joint with his wife. He wanted it to go to his son. Because his wife, current wife, had her own house that she was going to go live in when something happened to him. She's going to move back to Texas. So he had a wish in his will that said, I give my house to my son, but he never, the lawyer who did that will for him, he talked to two or three lawyers in the North Georgia area before he came to see me, and all of them said, yeah, we can put that in a document. His document said, give it to my son, but his title says, when I die, it's going to my wife. And when title of asset and document are not coordinated together, title trumps every time. Title is superior. The law of title is superior to your wishes in a document. So, first of all, his wishes would have never been carried out. Gary, he was stunned. He literally was stunned. He said, I thought I would have everything taken care of by having this document. And no one had ever discussed with him. Even other attorneys had never discussed with him. Even the attorney who he paid money to draw up that document never talked to him about how his assets were titled. I just can't understand that. I can't explain why, but I can't understand why this topic of title is not talked about. You're listening to Truth in Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, and my co-host, Kevin Tharp, estate planning and elder law attorney, today is talking about the importance of title versus document. And Kevin, I hear it all the time. People come in, I'll ask them, okay, well, what about your estate planning? Maybe this is somebody most likely that has never worked with you. Oh, I've got a will. Everything's all set in place. No problem. And that's all they have. And they really are making this assumption that they everything is set care in of. place. And when they talk to you, they usually find out something a little bit different. It's missing. That document is missing title. That car doesn't have an engine. It's not going to work like you think it is. And we talked about in the previous segment, we started talking about the different forms of titling. And there are two forms of titling. One form applies to things like real estate and banking accounts, particularly checking accounts. 
and that's ownership. And Gary, it's your bank account and your home is either owned by you alone, you and another person, okay, or it's in a trust. And it's the first two that could cause basically to tell you what's going to happen when you die. If you own something joint like your home and you're married and you own it joint and it's joint with right of survivorship, it doesn't matter what your will says. Like this gentleman, that house is not going to your son. It's going to your surviving joint owner. The another form of titling is very common with financial assets. And that form of titling is called beneficiary designation. Many financial accounts allow you to keep ownership in your individual name and name a beneficiary. Used to see that on a regular basis and still do with life insurance, but now you're seeing it with retirement accounts like IRAs and 401ks. You're seeing it with brokerage accounts. You're seeing it with annuities. You're seeing it with CDs. Uh, it's called payable on death. Uh, that's a form of beneficiary designation. And again, Gary, that will trump your document. Again, go back to this gentleman. He had specific things. He wanted to specific financial accounts. He wanted to go to various children and grandchildren. He had life insurance proceeds that he wanted to leave to his wife. The beneficiary designations on those things, Gary, did not match what was in the will. And he was stunned. To think that when he died, the will will not matter. It won't be needed. Because beneficiary designation, a form of titling, trumps whatever's in that document. So to make sure you know exactly what's going to happen to your assets when you die, put those same wishes in a legal document called a trust. Now, a trust and a will are very similar in that regard. That's the one similarity they have. They're both legal documents that you can put your wishes about what you want to happen when you die. But that's where that's the only thing they have in common. After that, they part ways. Okay? You can't title things in the name of a will, but you can title things in the name of a trust. And you know why? Because a trust becomes effective while you're living. See, a will doesn't become legally effective until you die. And so when you die, since your will is missing title, remember, you can't title things in the name of your will. You can't make your will the beneficiary of things. So when you die, since that document is missing title, you have to go through probate to remedy that, to cure that default. Because your plan is not complete. But with the trust, you can title things in the name of the trust. You can make the trust your owner of your home and your bank accounts. You can make the trust the beneficiary of your retirement account and life insurance policy. And if you choose a revocable trust, which is what we recommend, then you don't give up ownership of any of these assets while you're living. And now you have wishes and title coordinated together you have a complete estate plan and you know exactly what's going to happen to your assets when you die so have a conversation about estate planning thinking about having that conversation make sure they're talking about title and that's what we do and folks can reach out to us through our website kevin tharp t-h-a-r-p-e dot com 
Investment advisory services are offered through Anderson Advisors, a registered investment advisory firm. Anderson Advisors is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investments involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Any reference to protection, safety, and lifetime income generally refers to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the strength and paying capabilities of the insurance carrier. This show is intended for informational and educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. You should consult with a financial advisor to help determine the best options for your particular circumstances. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not endorsed by the United States government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions construed herein presented by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. Completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Gary Anderson nor Anderson Advisors is affiliated with attorney J. Kevin Tharp or any guests on this show. Thank you.